Well, are you blessed with that test, those testimonies? We've got just, I'm going to share a few minutes with you. We've got, I just found out right before the, during the worship, I found out we have a, a huge confirmation of what God is saying here today. Just something supernatural has just happened. But I want you to look with me in Proverbs 31. And let me just share a few things with you. This is so important. The Lord had this happen this day. So many things just have come to pass. And I want you to see this in Proverbs 31, verse 8. Proverbs 31, verse 8. It says, speak up. This is the new living. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. I believe this is a cry to America. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Somebody cry out, justice. If there's something we've got to be praying for, there's something we've got to be speaking out about is justice. I'll tell you another time about what we have found out about Hallmark and the same-sex marriage cards and the different things we're going to be getting involved in. But the problem is, is for in the 50s and the 60s and 70s, too many, the church was too quiet. And if you're watching the election, we have a voice. Everything is pointing towards the evangelicals and the conservatives. And we've got a voice and we've got to stand together. The Protestants, the Catholics, all denominations, we've got to stand together. And we've got to say we want morals in this country. And for one thing we've got to say is every two seconds a baby's being killed. 4,400 babies are being killed a day in the United States of America. 4,400 is being killed a day. Since 1973, uh, over 50 million babies. And we talk about Hitler and Hillary with her big mouth talking about John McCain and all that, being, or Bush being a, 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 a Hitler. No, you know what they used to do? They used to take the babies when a mother would have birth in the barracks, and they would take that baby and lay it on a cement block, and no mothers could get around it, and they would have to hear that baby cry itself to death. But you know what? There's a movie coming out this year called 22 Weeks, and it's about a young lady who went to have an abortion with her friends without her mom's permission. She went, she had this abortion, and the baby, they aborted this baby, but the baby was born alive. So they locked her. It's a whole movie about her true story. They locked her in a bathroom while they finished killing that baby like they've killed so many other babies. And the thing we got to realize, the thing I want you to know out front, we have paperwork. If you have had an abortion, or you encouraged your girlfriend or wife to have an abortion. If any area you were part of an abortion, we've got information out there. You can sign. There's a documents out there about declaration of how abortion affected me. There's organizations called Operation Outcry. And these ladies are telling about 24 years God had to teach me to forgive myself. Another one was talking about the guilt and the depression, the attempt to suicide that went back to her abortion. And here's these ladies that give their testimonies you can look at. And then there's also uh, talks here about uh, uh, 1-800-842-LIFE. It's the National Helpline for Life. And then James Dobson has his organization for counseling ladies. And I could just go on and on. Who we've supported for years now is Mercy Ministries. And we supported them for the whole eight years or more that we've been here. And it talks about, here's a picture of my lovely daughter, granddaughter named Faith. Through your ministry and love, she was born, she was born not to be aborted. 
and now added to our special wall dedicated to the mercy of babies' homes. And there's just story after story of mothers who decided we're not going to allow our babies to be aborted and these young women to get healed. So there's healing for that. But what I want to speak about today, and I'll just go over this real quickly with you. In Proverbs 6.16, it says, Six things does the Lord hate, seven things are abomination. Abomination means I hate don't even describe what I feel. The hands that shed innocent blood. God said, I can't even explain the hatred I feel towards hands that spill innocent blood. The Living Bible says in verse 17, hands that kill the innocent. The Message Translation says, hands that murder the innocent. Psalms 10.1, you can just write these down because I'm going to go through them quickly. In Psalms chapter 10, verse 1, David's praying, "Why? listen to this, America. Why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide in the times of trouble? And verse 7 and 8 says, because of those who murder the innocent, searching for the helpless. One thing that God cannot look at is the shedding of innocent blood. And I've preached about Jesus crying out on the cross, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me time and time again? And how the back represents the law. And you've heard me teach it a number of different ways. But one of the things I saw through this was that when Jesus was seeing the innocent blood of His Son spilt upon the cross, God cannot look upon the blood of the innocent. And we wonder, where is America? And let me tell you something. All these people that are against gun control and all this other stuff, let me tell you something right now. You know what? They had guns in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, and kids weren't being killed like they are today in the colleges and high schools. What's happening? We've always had guns. What's happening now? It's because there's a generation that allowed murder in the nation, murder into the home, and now murder's going into school. Why? God, where are you? Why aren't you stopping this violence? It's because of the murder of the innocent. Murder has come in our nation. That's why they're shooting, and that's why there's killings in this nation. It's because we've allowed the spirit of murder into our nation. It says in Genesis 4.10, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Genesis 9.6, whoever sheds the blood of a man is not innocent. Leviticus 17.11, for the life of a creature is in the blood, the life. Numbers 35.33, bloodshed pollutes the land. Ezekiel 35.6, listen to this. Ezekiel 35.6, you did not hate bloodshed. Bloodshed will pursue you. Luke 11, 50, 51. This generation will be held responsible for the blood. And Revelation 6, 10. Judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood. The Word of God says in Psalms 94, 20 and 22. Listen to this now. You say, what does this have to do with me? Can unjust leaders claim that God is on their side? Leaders who decrees permit injustice... They gang up against the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. This is Psalms 94, 20 through 22. They condemn the innocent to death. I shared with you last week about how the first curse was when they went to the, the, the uh, red, to the Nile and he put his staff within the Nile and the Nile became blood. Then he raised his staff up and everything that was taken out became blood. It's amazing that the Nile is where they would sacrifice the Hebrew babies. God was saying, I'll take back the curse from where you started the curse. And this is something that the last curse was fair when when the oldest children were dead. The one who was killing babies ended up having his children killed. There's a curse 
for polluting the, the, the ground. Haman built the gallows. And the Word of God says so clearly that Haman in the book of Esther was hung upon the own, his own gallows that he built. There's a curse in killing the innocent. And I don't care if St. Augustine said life started at three months old. I tell you, life started when that seed touched that egg. Life began. Because life began when God said, let there be light. There was light. Well, when man's seed touches the woman's egg, life begins at that very moment. I tell you, I'm not trying to get into political here. But it says somebody's got to speak up for the innocent. You may not know it. But John McCain, and I'm not talking about being Republican or Democrat, but I'm going to say this. The Bible says that he who bribes a politician, the evil that that politician does comes upon those who pays him. And if we elect a baby killer, they used to call the, the soldiers from Vietnam baby killers. No, it's these politicians that are baby killers. And if we elect a baby killer then we are paying him or bribing him and we are supporting baby killers and curses come upon us, upon our land, upon our homes. John McCain, he may not be perfect, you may not like him, but he has fought, I have here, the national right to life. He has fought abortion for 20 years. 20, 25 years. He has fought 25 years. He has fought abortion. And this is what he said. I'm fortunate enough to be, if, if I'm fortunate enough to elected to be the next president of the United States, I pledge to you to be loyal and an unswerving friend to the right of life movement. Now I have a paper here that you can see. John McCain, Hillary, and Barack. And it said John McCain voted against Rowan Wade. He was against the abortion. Hillary Clinton says, I strongly support it. Obama says... I have consistently advocated to, for reproductive choice and will be preserving women's right under Roe versus Wade as a priority as president. But I'll tell you something else you can see here. Barack said, and it's written, that he will teach his daughters, first of all, he's got two daughters, he says, I will teach them to abstain from sexual practices. But we all make mistakes. So if they make a mistake, I want my daughters to have an alternative. What's he saying? He's saying if they get pregnant and they want to have an abortion, I'll make sure they have all the rights. And it goes on the list here. And you can look at this and you can look this up. The list goes on that he has been against partial birth abortion. Hillary and Barack support it. He is against taxpayers paying abortion. They are supported and they, they, Barack said, I'm not only going to uh, uh, see that there's a performing of it, but I'm going to promote taxpayers to pay for abortion. Parent, parent involvement law, uh, John McCain, he voted that the parent would need, at least one parent needs to be advised. The others say no parents need to be advised. And you can just go on and on reading about these things. Now, I, I tell you, you may, I'm not saying you got to be Republican. You, you don't have to be Democrat. But what I am saying is you need to know Obama is for the killing of babies. And while we still have a voice, and you say, well, and, and I know because my mama's side were Cajun Democrats. 
And they voted for Edwin Edwards 20-something times no matter what he was doing. Because they were Democrat. But the Word of God says, yeah, your parents are no longer living, but you're paying for their curse. And you may say, and it goes on time and time again, says that we heap the curses of our fathers and because of what they did. And you may say, well, you know, my parents were Democrats and they pull over on their grave if I don't vote for Barack Obama. Well, let them turn over because you do not want to continue the curse on the bloodline. You cannot murder the innocent. America cannot murder the innocent and get away with it anymore. Why do you think, why do you think we have a man named John and a woman named Sarah who's going to be the vice president? Why do you think he picked a woman who is for guns? Why do you think the Lord led him to a woman who has five children, just had one in April, 44 years old, she has a Down syndrome kid. Do you know, you can see it in the histories and go read the movie Amen, where the Germans took all the children from the Solemn, the Saint Asylum, they took all them children who were not normal and they killed them and they cremated them and they put the kids on the bus, took them away, and when they came back, they gave the parents an urn with their ashes and say, this is what happened to your child. He had a cough, so we had to kill it. Yeah. Do you realize my child was autistic? And he's miraculously healed and doing great. But do you realize that if we would have been in Nazi time, my child, though he got healed, he would have had a chance to get healed because somebody would have put it in their hands to kill him? You hear me, church? This is our issue and this is our problem. And we do have to. Sister Cindy Nichols, she worked at a, a, a crisis center and she wrote down some testimonies here talking about those that she met that uh, ended up not killing their lives. And she went back and those who had twins. And I got the stories of another lady. She, she adopted triplets and one was not normal. But she adopted them anyway. And she says she wouldn't trade anything for it. We have our brother, Jonathan, and his wife right now. I talked to him the day before yesterday. They're in Guatemala trying to adopt. You see him walking with these two little Guatemalan kids. And, and the, Walter's already adopted, but they're down there trying to fight for Miguel. And they're trying to adopt these kids. And you know what? If the Christians don't, if we don't start adopting, we don't stand in the gap. I'll tell you what. It says the lesbians and the homosexuals are adopting the children. Right now, we're working on the paper with a couple that sit right here. They're not here today, but they're trying to adopt. The, the, uh, Jonathan and his wife, he spent all his paycheck to get down there to try to adopt this child. I told him, I said, I'm going to help you, and I'm going to see if anybody else wants to help, and we're going to help these Christians. We're going to get in there financially. We're going to do everything we can to try to get money and help them so they can get the adoptions, and so those kids can have a future, and that those kids can be lit, raised in a Christian home. I told my wife, I told my wife, my voice kind of blew up about it. I said, if God does three different things, I told God in Washington, if you do three different things and you make it right with my wife, I'll adopt. But I said, you'll have to deal with my wife and there's three things you have to do. But you can ask her, I'm serious. Always wanted a daughter. Oh, dot me a five generations of... Girls, glory be to God. One at a time. One at a time. 
46 million babies die from abortion around the world every two seconds. 50 million have died since 73. 24% of all U.S. pregnancies end in abortion. 56% abortions are between 15 and 44, mostly girls in their 20s. Listen to this. Eight out of every 10 girls are members of church. 43% are Protestant. 27% are Catholic. 8% are other. Now, in case you're wondering about race, 41% are white, 32% are black, and 20% are Spanish. There's 741 abortion clinics in America. Psalms 106, 37, 38 says they even sacrifice their sons and their daughters. Shed, and they shed innocent blood and the blood of their sons and daughters whom they sacrifice to the idols and the land was polluted with blood. Listen, 95% people say, yeah, but how about protecting the mother? We got Pam and Keith right here. And I saw her in the hospital and that little girl was suffering. There she was pregnant and they were wanting her to abort that baby and she, she was suffering and, and it was, she was going through horrible things in the natural. But she held on and she's got that pretty little smart girl back there. And then we got Heather. They wanted her to abort and so many others. They want them to abort, to abort, to abort. But the mother said, no, we're going to, I'm going to stand in life. But listen, people say, you know, there's a reason why there's an abortion. Listen to this. 95% of all abortions is a use of birth, is because they use it as birth control. We heard a lady in Washington that had over 20-something abortions because it was just another form of birth control. 95% of the 4,400 being aborted a day is for birth control. Only 1%, 1% is because of rape or incest. Only 1% is because of abnormalities in the baby. And only 3% because of a mother's health problem. 95% is a form of birth control. Proverbs 111 says, let us wait to shed blood. The Living Bible says, just for the fun, let us ambush the innocent without a cause. Aborting the children as birth control is a cause of convenience. There are stories in here of a young lady who decided, at the end, I'll go ahead and face my daddy. We go to that clinic. There's another story, all right here, there's another story of a mother who just wrote a book. She didn't know her 22-year-old daughter was pregnant. She got a phone call. She says, your daughter just died. She says, how did Laura die? She was, she was against abortion. She gets a phone call. Your daughter just died. How? She died on the table getting an abortion. There are stories, thousands and thousands. You get on the website and you let the nurses tell their story. And you watch how they do these. And so many of these babies, even while they're being torn apart in their mother's womb, they're still alive. Do you know, we can't point the finger at Canada, I mean at Europe, we can't at Canada, but Europe, do you know, i got all the paperwork right here. Do you know that Europe has stricter laws in many areas on abortion as far as how long you can wait before you have an abortion than we do? Here you can have abortion past 24 months. And I've got a picture right here where they were operating on this baby whose spleen was severed in the mother's womb and they were going to try to fix it. And when they made an incision, 
the baby, 24 months old, stuck its hand out of the incision. And there was a lady from USA Today. She was taking pictures just for the operation. She did not know that the hand was going to come out and grab the doctor's finger and hold on to his finger. And she's got pictures of the doctor holding on. And the doctor said that baby was remarkably strong because he, was, he could feel the pressure of the strength of that child who didn't even have his back in place yet fighting for their life. It says, who will break the silence? When are we going to be willing to go forward and not worry about offending anyone but God? Because if our land gets polluted, our children will be raised and our grandchildren will be raised in a polluted land because we didn't speak up and because we didn't want to help people uh, with their adoptions. And we have to. We don't want to tell people and encourage them not to, to have an abortion. And it's a sin to have an abortion. And it is murder, not only in your hands, but it's also murder in the hands of the doctors, the nurses and the dirty politicians. Job 31, 5, 15 says, Did not he who made me in the womb make me? Psalms 22, 10, I was, thrust into, I was thrust into your arms at my birth. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Jeremiah 1, 5, I knew you before I formed you. You formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. In Luke 1, you hear the stories of John the Baptist leaping in his mother's womb by just hearing the voice of the mother of Jesus. Deuteronomy 27, 25 says, Cursed be anyone who takes a bribe to shed innocent blood. Deuteronomy 27, 25. If we vote for bloody politicians, the blood will be upon us for voting for them. And we've got to get this message out to America. That we have another opportunity to push back the judgment of God and see righteousness grow in this nation. While we still have a voice, we've got to raise our voices that we do. We are against abortion. We are against killing. And we're against anyone who stands behind abortionists and these murderers. Exodus 34, 7. God will visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Lamentations 5, 7, our fathers sinned and are no more, but we bear the iniquities of their curse. Psalms 15, 1 through 5, who can abide in God's presence? He that doesn't take a bribe against the innocent. We want the presence of God, but yet people are warning abortion for convenience sake. You just all these scriptures you can read uh, later on. We don't have time. Jeremiah 9, 12 through 24 about God being touched. It says in Isaiah 59, 12, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save. How many can praise God for that? Nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It is your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Verse 3, your hand are the hands of murderers. Where is God? Where is revival? Why is all these things happening? Because our hands are the hands of murderers. And listen, it may sound like if we put on, put in the baby killer, the economy will grow better. But the moment we vote somebody in for the economy, we put D.C. as God and we take Jehovah Jireh out. The moment we start being moved because of what they can do for all these different things. Listen, none of them can do anything. It is God who does it. 
And all their words are empty anyway. I mean, on both sides, men are men. What can they do to heal America? Only God can heal our land. It will not be a party. It will take the supernatural power of the Most High God. And it does not say that if we put a Republican or if we put a Democrat or a liberal in office, that he will heal our land. He says if my people will repent and humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. That's what the Word of God says. They can make all the promises they want to. And there are some good people, and they all probably have good intentions. But I think some of them got demons too. And I think this election has a lot to do with the future of our children, the future of this nation. And I'm not going to be silent. I'm not going to be quiet. And I pray God raises up a core of people. And I pray that we're supporting Luingo and we're supporting Mercy Ministries and we're supporting the Sea Ministries of Feeding the Poor Around the World. We support these ministries taking care of the orphan, orphan and the widows and the unborn. We are voices. Not only these nations we support, but we're underneath. There's a future for this nation because we care. And we hate the devil. And we're not going to allow him to have his way in our nation anymore. The, The blood of the innocent Jesus, our Lamb, speaks louder than the blood of the murdered children. And we have to plead the blood over our nation. We have to pray, repenting on behalf of the rebellious, murderous people and call for the divine purpose of God to be fulfilled on this earth. Prayer touches God. Just look at Paul, Daniel, and Esther, Ruth, and so many more. We have to pray, Ezekiel 22:30. make a wall and stand in the gap before me. Luke 18, 7, 8, who cry out to him day and night. Proverbs 31, 8 and 9, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Pray and intercede and travail for those who cannot for themselves. Second Chronicles 7, 14, humble yourselves and pray and seek my face. We can fast to the Lord. We can pray for righteousness and justice. Amos 5, 24, but let there be justice, a role like a river. And those that Proverbs 28 5 says that those who seek the Lord understand it fully. Isaiah 117, seek justice. Isaiah 30 18, for the Lord is a God of justice. And as we do these things, it promises that God will respond. Isaiah 28 18, your covenant with death will be annulled. Zechariah 9 11, I will free your prisoners from a waterless pit. Joel 3.21, I will pardon and forgive. And Isaiah 1.18, they shall be white as snow. As you can see by the bulletin and as you came in, as we went to Washington two weeks ago, this was my life. Man interceding on behalf of our nation, on behalf of our people, on behalf of our government that will stand against politics. And when I told you that God has something supernatural, we have a grandmother and an aunt and an uncle. They've been coming here for quite a while, and we just prayed for some miracles. And they were raising their babies, their grandbabies and and nephews. And then they were taken away, and we were praying, and God gave them back. And they didn't know what I was preaching today. 
And they went up to my wife and they said, little Noah, who they are raising, is four years old. And he told them, I want to go up and get saved today. Did you bring Noah? All on his own, this little boy being raised by his grandmother and his aunt and uncle who love him as their own. They're raising this child and his little brother. This child on his own named Noah, the deliverer, said he wanted to get saved today. Now listen. Listen to me, church. It was a divine setup for me to meet this lady Friday that I haven't seen in over a year. And then find out this child that got healed was also supposed to have been an aborted child. It was a divine setup today and other things that this grandmother came and said, Noah wanted to come up front and get saved. You want to get saved today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 I just got to give you a warning before we dismiss you. I got to give you a warning. Get ready to grow like you've never grown before. I'm telling you, the church is going to grow, but you're going to start to grow spiritually like you never thought possible. Faster than you've ever grown, it's going to happen. In Jesus' name, get ready for growth. God bless you. Your dis- Brother Donnie. I just want to open this up to everybody if you're interested.